Friendship Festival. Friendship Festival. So good, uh, good afternoon, everyone. My name, uh, my name's Andrew, and uh, and this is Tamsin, and we're going to talk about actions. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> my name is indeed Tamsin. I'm a little bit confused though because I was expecting to hear a jingle, but do you think that that happened without us hearing it? Yeah, I think that was a mysterious online jingle. Oh, mysterious but online jingle. Or, I hope you enjoyed just, that. Yeah, chat. or we're just <laughs> speaking right the way through it, and <laughs> we've ruined it for everyone. So. <laughs> So we were invited up here by your usual hosts, Ellie and Oliver, um, from all the way from London, down south in England. And we've been, well, we were offered to talk about something that mattered to us, and then we were given this kind of quite difficult thing. I found it difficult because I don't understand grammar uh, of choosing a plural noun to talk about. So at that point, I got in touch with my very good friend, Andrew Tobert, uh, to help unpick what a plural noun is. Yeah, a plural noun is, is something with an S on the end. Oh, wow. um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Crazy. Um, and yeah, and we wanted to do, we wanted to do actions because, uh, so me and Tamsin know each other because we're both, we're part of a group called Climate Rush, um, which Tamsin group, Tamsin founded. Um, and... And yeah, and so we met through that. So our friendship has really been like punctuated by, by sort of doing stuff, really, by you know campaigning for, for like a better, a world. more sustainable future. Exactly. So I'm going to repeat the name of the because I think Andrew might have garbled it a little bit, and I'd hate you to miss, <laughs> happy <laughs> listeners, <laughs> the name of the group. It's Climate Rush, um, and yeah, the whole point of it is that we try to act in the spirit of the suffragettes to counter climate change and to raise awareness of climate change and to also stop climate change, which uh, which is obviously quite a difficult thing to do. Um, and so we've done kind of all sorts of uh, actions and activism together. Um, but maybe we can talk about where we first met. Yeah, okay. So I believe that was... So Climate Rush uh, did like an outreach meeting, if you like, which was a sort of... Um, there's a place called uh, Toynbee Hall in London, which is um, has this kind of history of like being quite a community activisty space. And they they had a meeting there, which was all about you know they invited some like historians, yeah, like Lucas Green MP, is that right? Yeah. Sure. Um, and yeah, so I went along to that because it was a th- it was like a Wednesday or something, and I was had nothing on, and I followed um, Climate Rush on YouTube and stuff, and thought I'd go along, and yeah, that was. That was the start of my climate rush involvement. And it's kind of, because am I right in thinking that before going to that meeting, you weren't really involved in activism, even though you were very scared about climate change, but that you kind of didn't have something proactive that you could go and do yeah, about totally. it? Yeah, totally. Like, I I think I was quite like quite a lot of people in that I was just quite cynical about life. And I sort of <laughs> thought, yeah, there's this thing called climate change, but, you know, it's not really my problem, it's government's problem, and there's nothing I as an individual can do. And like Tommy Hill kind of made me realize actually that's kind of an excuse. Like you could, you know, I could at least try at the risk of sounding like my mother. (laughs) 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 And what was it that attracted you to Climate Rush rather than Greenpeace or? So I think like, what do I think? I really like the idea of it being women led and obviously dear listeners, I'm a man. Um, (laughs) But I felt that 
I like I felt that whenever I'd kind of flirted with going along with these other groups like Greenpeace and blah blah blah, and I'd met a few people in those groups, and I'm sure they are wonderful as a group, but I always felt like I'm never going to be the kind of guy that scales a fence, and I'm never going to be the kind of guy that is like a real man in inverted commas. <laughs> and I, I just quite like the yeah. idea that it's woman-led because it meant that I could be myself and I had the space to contribute what I'm good at rather than pretend I'm not. That you'd fit into this model of an activist who can totally make a fire and yeah, totally <laughs> live outside and will really embrace that kind of rugged uh, existence. Yeah, exactly. Which we don't which, embrace. Yeah, <laughs> But, you know, we still do, like, wonderful things. Like, we... Um, so the first action I ever did was with you. That's and true. And it was... We did graffiti, so we took... Um, a stencil. A stencil. What did it say? <laughs> I don't actually remember. <laughs> this is the problem with climate rushes. We're quite prolific. So we do really... I mean, we... It's a nice thing to have uh, meetings organised around action and activity because it means that there's not so much space for kind of... Uh, well, first of all, for for kind of overthinking things. And I think so much of, you know, it's just so easy to stop yourself from doing things or getting involved in things because you kind of question it to the, to the point of it actually having no value at all. Um, and we've always focused on, you know, we, we, we want to go and subvertise something. Okay, so what's the plan? Who's going to write the press release? Who's going to mm. make the props? Who's going to plan the plan of action? And so... Yeah, so I don't remember, and that's my excuse. <laughs> 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 it, was, it was like, it was, yeah, so a stance of George Osborne saying something about... So basically, George Osborne and the government generally had promised loads of... When they, before the election, they promised loads of great green things. They even changed their logo into a beautiful green tree. Into a beautiful green tree, <laughs> and then they didn't... They've delivered on basically nothing. So it was something along the lines of George Osborne stop being a dick, but yeah. obviously punchier and more witty <laughs> than that. Uh, and yeah, we stenciled it outside Buckingham Palace. Yeah, right? and we think we stenciled it in lots of places all around that. I hope that no policemen are listening to this show yeah. because we definitely got away with that because you're on our bicycles. And I think we did it in a lot of places, kind of from Buckingham Palace up to Westminster. Um, and yeah, that was... How did you find that, that I first was, bit of action? Were you nervous? Were I, you was, <laughs> I was kind of oddly calm. And I think you said that I'm not nervous because I was sort of born to do this. And that kind of really stuck with me because it did feel like I didn't feel nervous or intimidated. I, I did feel like that. Like it was a realisation of your it true sort of inner self. A <laughs> and I kind of felt calmness and I just thought, I thought I'd be absolutely terrified. And I have done since things with Climate Rush where I've been a bit scared of like consequences and stuff. Mm. But... I, yeah, I, it felt really good. I felt really calm and, you know. And how, I mean, I guess you knew that you were breaking the law because you That's were spraying <laughs> stencils all over Westminster. Um, like, did, did that make you, because uh, so I always think that when I look back at, you know, part of the reason why I'm so chuffed that Climate Rush is taking from the suffragettes and very explicitly saying like we are standing on the shoulders of past social movements and the environmental movement is just one part of all of the social movements and we all kind of tie in with each other and it's all about rights and it's all about these sorts of things um did and i think that actually law breaking is really an important bit of those movements and it helps i mean it, you know it massively broadens the debate and it and it kind of mm. pushes the debate far to the left because suddenly there are these people doing quite extraordinary things over here and it means that you can kind of talk about or very daring and and um 
and you know pushing the boundaries of what's legal, then it means that you can kind of question why things are legal or you yeah. know whose power is 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 looked after by keeping some things legal and other things illegal. Did you? So I like it because I kind of like it. Sounds like a really arty thing to do, but say, but actually, I think it is important. Is that when I do these things, I do feel like I am part of an ongoing social struggle for a better world and that that is like precedented by so in kind of my women's history and things like that by like the extraordinary radicalism of the suffragettes that wasn't at all just three women of one family kind of organizing cutely in a kind of wi style it was very much people going out every single weekend smashing windows burning down churches you know threatening yeah. mps stalking mps and i that radicalism is a history that i think has been massively talked down uh, kind of study but do you so I feel like when I break the law that I'm kind of being part of some some important radical thing that is kind of whitewashed out of history yeah I I mean what for me I kind of I do think that like I I think that there is this narrative that's always being fed that like if you break the law you're a bad person Mm. but then you can compare you know, so in, I think it was last week, there was this big pro- march in London against the cuts and sort of austerity generally. And I totally support the aims of that march, but they marched past Whitehall on a Saturday when no one was there. Yeah. And they didn't even stop to block a road. Do you know what I mean? Like it was, it was this, even though they had 100,000 people there and even though in terms of the argument, I yeah. think a lot of people would agree with that. Yeah. It kind of, it was just a bit too polite. Yeah, and, and also like in this kind of really confusing world where it's so difficult to know how your democraticness, like how your participation in society is shown, like please don't make it be on a Saturday afternoon walking past, you know, it's, it's like... Yeah. Ac- actually participate. Yeah, like there is so much more that, you know, like people who are baddies pay lots of money to have lots of lobbyists and you know are so much better at challenging government than we are and I just think yeah you like really I feel that kind of people should should just challenge authority in whatever way they can and if you look at I mean I I'm not at all comparing myself to these people but you (laughs) know Gandhi Gandhi was you know he he made salt and wasn't taxed on it he's a tax evader Um, Nelson Mandela went to prison for 25 years like all these people like the law exists so that people don't challenge government sort of like I've never and if yeah no I yeah and if the context suddenly moves so that the government is just protecting a group of vested interests yeah at the expense of every other person <laughs> kind of both in our you know in the in, on our island and much kind of worse beyond uh, yeah. um and like when you start WTF <laughs> WTF <laughs> and like when you started climate rights did you feel that so cuz i i sort of don't how did you think that that would fit in with other activist groups as in that model of like breaking the law sort of consistently and yeah I think it was about kind of momentum and just keeping momentum there and hopefully a sustainable momentum as well so that you know we we do this thing of going to parliament and standing at the entrances every Wednesday morning because it's prime minister's questions and we try and you know talk to people about climate change on their way in and it's kind of just keeping it there like keeping that movement alive because you know, activism can be so unsustainable um, and exhausting and people come and go from the movement and groups come and go and I think Climate Rush is just there to keep a kind of 
a view to radicalism without actually ever set forcing people to be radical, but just allowing that space to stay open. Mm. Um, and and yeah, there's just some yeah. I think that's kind of what we what we want to do, and also to have fun. So you know, kind of part of it is like it, I really wanted a community of people who were new to to activism, like me, and who felt kind of scared and daunted by it, but also really keen to go. Um, and and so you know, we we do all sorts of things like making cakes or going on cycle rides or whatever it is. But then also we do kind of more radical things like putting. Uh, stickers that look like number plates um but they say co2k1lL5 so co2 kills and then SUVs mm. emit five times the amount uh, of co2 than less selfish vehicles and we put them on a thousand cars in London and then got this extraordinary backlash from the kind of motorist lobby uh, can you say what is that quote that you find really funny that got posted all over our wall yeah so it said um so yeah there's all these like yeah motorists blogs and stuff and they said this is what happens when women don't get enough cock and men get too much because um, we are a you know a women-led slash kind of alternative alternative space uh, so yeah. it really pisses off <laughs> kind yeah, of jeremy we, clarkson sun reading uh, yeah. assholes and yeah and it was and it's amazing the degree to which like you get like when you do an action you have to kind of own the fact that people are gonna aren't gonna like it yeah. like we did um we went to, as part of that thing, we went to Southend Airport, which is um, a small, yeah, t- a tiny, tiny airport in Southend in Essex, which is being expanded. And we went... It's going to be the the new uh, hub for EasyJet. Um, yeah, so that you can all get your cheap flights to Mallorca for the weekend or whatever. Or Glasgow. Or, gla- or Glasgow, <laughs> yeah. Or Glasgow. Um, and, yeah, and we went and we dressed as, as, co- as pilots and air hostesses and there's a footpath that crosses part of the runway and we were there. So it was perfectly legal, actually. Well, kind of. Kind legal. of. Um, <laughs> and we, yeah, and we, um, and we did, we, we sang songs. Should we do it? Should we, <laughs> Should we do, do, do the song? So, so the lyrics So we went are on to, and we had a dance routine and everything. You can actually find it on youtube.com slash climate rush. Um, it's really embarrassing and uh, Andrew and I are probably quite pre- prevalent in it so you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll know who, who you're listening to. Um, so yeah, we took the lyrics and we changed them to South End, can't, can't you see, see they're roaring airport expansion should come with a warning it's dangerous global warming um so that was the kind of beautiful thing that we did so just before you cut your ears off um (laughs) here is here is the real thing Can't you see I'm calling a like you should wear a warning It's dangerous I'm falling There's no escape I can't wait I need a hit Baby give me it You're dangerous I'm falling Too high Getting undone Losing my hands in and out 
having a little bit of uh, technical difficulties, but I think it's all resolved, great. Um, so there we were, dancing um, to Toxic and singing on Southend Airport, um, just on the little foot crossing that crossed over the runway. Um, and what happened next, Andrew? <laughs> so then um, we all got arrested. So even though we weren't breaking the law, um, there were three people from a group from Plain Stupid who were, I guess, more so breaking the law. They were chaining themselves to the runway, kind of old school style. And we, there were about 16 of us in total. And so about 20 policemen suddenly showed up um, from Essex police. So they'd obviously kind of known about us because, well, because they got there very quickly and very suddenly and there were so many of them and we think that they knew that we were going to be there. Yeah, basically. I mean, it was quite, we, we stepped out onto one um, bit of the footpath and then after we danced for about, 10 minutes, all dressed up as uh, Britney Spears, essentially. Um, these policemen just marched out, and it really, it was this kind of meeting of this kind of ridiculous, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, kind of protest, um, and then the strong arm of the law stepping out, and there were loads of them, and yeah. they kind of grabbed our cameras and grabbed us and, and were generally let us know that our freedom was about to be taken away. Yeah, and there was, so normally when we do actions, because we're mostly girls and because we're dressed up, da, 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 we normally, you know, smile sweetly and say, rather than arrest us, should we just all go home? Yeah, and like we can't, we, we, you know, it's an interesting kind of compromise or thing to play on, but we definitely do use that fact in blindsiding the authorities and, yeah. and you know, letting them believe whatever they want to believe about nice, sweet girls and getting away with things because of that. Yeah, totally. And what was weird about this time was that they weren't they weren't just playing that game. Like they clearly there there was clearly a moments of hesitation on their faces when we said, like, you know, we we can't just leave but And we're not breaking the law here. Like we're not breaking any law. So yeah, all of those laws that you're quoting at us, we're on a public footpath, we're not actually breaking the we're law. Not, so yeah, exactly. And they did hesitate. Um, so we all got arrested, we all got bundled into police vans. Some of us were taken to South End, um, uh, police station where I was. Some were taken to Rayleigh, which is a little town down the way. Some of us were told that we were obviously going to try and commit suicide, so they took all of our belts and uh, shoelaces off things, even though you know we probably weren't. <laughs> yeah. Although it did make us feel very sad and nervous that we were getting these external judgments on our mental health. Yeah, and there was definitely like what I found really interesting about the whole experience was that like they were. Uh, like at the day they were really nice to mm. well to me I, I felt they were really nice mm. I felt that actually being arrested was one of the most fun experiences of my life like quite sort of genuine like you know people the policemen were flirting with me <laughs> um there was quite good banter going round. I spent the day locked up in a cell but I kind of fell asleep because there's nothing else <laughs> to do and I was sleepy um and then but then kind of progressively what has had dawned on us is the degree to which these policemen essentially acted as judge and jury so yeah like to start with to when we left i was i was one of the i was the only boy on there so i was actually one of the first people to leave um, and we were bailed without speaking to our solicitors first so like they arranged our bail conditions without letting our solicitor see them and so there were quite a large number of women who were released in South End or Rayleigh 
uh, after the last train had gone home without any money, without their phones, because they'd been confiscated by the police. Mm -hmm. And then with bail conditions that we weren't allowed to speak to any one of the people who'd been part of this. So it wasn't even like we were being, re we, we released in kind of half an hour intervals, but we weren't allowed to wait for the next person because if we did that then we'd be rearrested because we'd be breaking our bail conditions yeah. so you know a couple of people uh, actually more than a couple literally were released into a town that they didn't know after the last train had gone to take them back to london without any of their train tickets or any phone or any money um knowing that if they did something like try to jump a train or something even though there wasn't a train that they might be rearrested or if they waited for their friends to help they so there's kind of like a definite desire to isolate us and break up the community mm. that we had formed and that had been such an important yeah. part of of us doing this action together and of us trusting each other to do it. And, uh, you know, a, a group, so like I, I was relatively lucky again in that I didn't live or work with people who were arrested, um, but they definitely, people were like, you know, relationships were split up and da da da. And I think, um, and yeah, I think what's really, what kind of opened my eyes to that was that firstly, basically the degree to which we think we have the freedom to protest and yeah you know challenge government is a lot less a lot more restrictive than what we think there especially we, once you start doing it <laughs> yeah exactly right like we've we found ourselves well i found myself on something called the domestic extremist list just for this one action um, which, which we didn't actually get charged for it's not even you know you don't yeah. have a criminal record Andrew. Yeah, exactly. Andrew doesn't have a criminal record. He and wasn't charged for this thing. He was just arrested for it. And yet he's on a domestic extremist list, which means he won't be able to go to America and he will be kind of judged at various yeah. stages along his life. And a friend of Mars who was also arrested very nearly lost her job because she needed security clearance, blah, blah, blah. Um, but against that, I think it's shown as well that kind of why... So you should become an activist essentially because the system is shit and he's challenging. Yeah. But also because I think we've both, well, we well, know. we're still other. friends, aren't we? <laughs> like, <laughs> they didn't fucking win. They like. didn't fucking win. And I think that it's, it really means. And we're still doing actions together. Yeah. And I actually think that we're kind of pushing each other on yeah. to kind of carry on that journey. Yeah. Um, because we have, like, I think when you're an activist, you have interests that you share with people but you also sort of have a responsibility to each other yeah exactly and a kind of shared momentum that you're part of some sort of thing that has meaning in this world yeah i totally i totally think that's true and it's like becoming an activist is one of like the most positive changes like i've become a vegetarian <laughs> <I've> <laughs> um, which wasn't going to happen and i've met some really cool people and i think that's really really good that is really good so um, so yeah so in <laughs> honor of a life of activism and in honor to showcase that you don't it's not all about getting arrested and being angry and shouty yeah um, there are so many steps on the on the escalator of change, escalator <laughs> and, of change yeah. and you know just take the first one and you'll find that there are people around you who want to help you take the next one and bring you up with them totally so i think we're going to end um on you'll have heard this song before it was recently coveted by covered even by a guy called Ai Weiwei who's a Chinese democracy activist um, and it's Gangnam Style so in the spirit of activism everywhere here is Gangnam Style <laughs> Shut up.